0: To the point. Point, point, point. all right uh welcome back alex to uh to the note to self podcast thank you this is now your second episode it is it is also the second guest episode i've done
1: i mean i can just keep coming back you've got to we'll slowly take coverage. over the podcast
0: yeah Next week, I'm not gonna be here, but you will. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so welcome back. I invited you back because uh, I wanted to talk more about creative entrepreneurship, and mostly I wanted to talk about something that we've done a lot, um, (coughs) which is starting projects and starting companies. Uh, And I wanted to just talk about our new project (laughs) that we've got going on.
1: That almost hurts to hear. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: know. Uh, We started a, a, a website uh, tool thingy yeah. and I want to talk about that so but I, I, I want to start off with the um, the idea of starting things casually hmm. if that makes sense I think that a lot of people still have this idea that if you're going to start a business you know you have to set up a business plan uh, and and register the company and you know uh, get an accountant and all that stuff Yeah, Um I don't think that's true anymore necessarily I think you can do that I think if you're gonna get an investor, you should do that. But um, we recently started this little website tool thingy um, by having one conversation.
1: Which by the way, as of recording right now, it's not live yet.
0: No, but it will be soon. Yeah. Um, not when this goes live, because that's in two days or three days, <laughs> four days, whatever, I don't know what day it is today. All right. Um, but we, we had one conversation about it and we decided that we were going to make one specific thing and then two days later we built most of it yep. and with one more session it's probably ready to to actually launch which means that in about three to four hours no no actually we our previous session was pretty long yeah. let's say in 10 hours we we have set up um a tool yep. that you know that people can start using not to say that that is a business um but it is i think an anomaly in uh, or it's different from how, how people normally look at starting businesses. So I wanted to get your input on that process.
1: Well, I'm here.
0: Well, that's good.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, where do we start?
0: Let's maybe at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, I did the podcast the same way, right? I just recorded an episode through yes. that online and then later looked at what, what I wanted to change and how, how good it was. Yeah. Um. But the the conventional way of starting, very complex way of starting, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of money, uh, has its uh, bonuses. But we've tried that too. Yes, and I feel like that's never worked out properly.
1: Um. Well, okay. So I, I man, I'm less prepared for this conversation than I was for the other one.
0: Uh I'm also wholly unprepared.
1: <laughs> well, maybe that's good. Maybe we'll uh our trains of thoughts will be a little more um straight out the box. Um so recently I did a project that was huge. Mm-hmm. I made that magazine. Uh I had to interview or I chose to interview uh 10 different people for it and I really had to set up a structure for that to work. Um there was also some there were also some legal arguments for doing so because you want to make sure that all the uh, intellectual property is yours. You want to make sure that uh, all the information that's being conveyed in the audio recordings during an interview, uh, that all that info is protected and that um, the people you interview are, you know, feel safe. So they'll speak more. You, you got to get the designer on board. You got to, you know, bring multiple people together. Uh, to degree, you know, there's no way of iteratively building that. Not the way that we're building this really right. simple one page web tool. Right. Three page, whatever. Um, so it's worked out to a degree for that project. And mm-hmm. also, on your end, I would say that you've worked for a couple of businesses oh yeah that have done so it just wasn't you at the helm of that but it did allow for you to create within that structure so
0: that's true um it does the structure does help you with with certain things it makes it easier to stick um to a plan to a longer structured plan um i'm not sure if i believe that a longer structured plan actually works at this point um i'm reading uh, rework i don't Mm -hmm. know who it's by i'm sure someone's gonna find out um and they make a good argument for why planning long term is ridiculous because you're just guessing, um, and that's kind of true because you don't know how the first part of your plan is going to work out. So, and that has you know um, repercussions for everything else in your plan. Yeah. And I get wanting to come back to your plan, you know, veering away from it to fix certain things and then coming back to it. But I do like the idea of just setting something up and then, as you go, figuring out what you need. Right doing the least you can, and then just throwing it online and seeing if someone responds to it. Also to make sure that you don't spend a lot of money building something that, that eventually people uh, aren't really interested in or would be interested in in a different form maybe. Yeah. So um, w- with that said, um, I think that I, I do find myself looking for structure as well in, in when I'm setting up a project like this, right? Because I can just start sort of start building it, and then at some point it's live, and you don't really have a plan for what you're going to do after that. Uh, the quote failing to plan is planning to fill comes to mind um i think that's like it's interesting interestingly i think that's uh somewhat accurate in the sense that if you just get like you're done at some point you have something online and you don't have a plan to continue you're going to be thinking on your feet constantly you're never going to have the time to really consider where you're going to go hmm. if you do that before you start the race then at least during the race, you can be like, okay, this is where I was going, right? I can always fall back on, on something. Yeah. So there's definitely pros and cons. Um, for our project, however, um, it's the two of us. We've worked together quite a lot, um, sometimes successfully, sometimes less so. Uh, at some point, we decided not to work together anymore, and I think we held on to that for...
1: A really, really long time. Yeah. yeah. We for, needed uh, a lot of growth, actually, uh, to get to this point, and even now, I'm not sure. Yeah, you know how how well this is going to go.
0: Um, I think we're both pretty both pretty <laughs> careful with uh, how we're approaching this concept and this project.
1: I think, well, to a degree, I think we're I think the thing we're careful about is getting emotionally invested, and to that yeah. degree, uh, you have to be emotionally invested to plan for something because you have to stay convinced this is what you want to do this is the way you want to do it this is the best way i think also i'm just gonna go back a little bit into what you said earlier is you know uh, you're reading rework and you said i don't necessarily believe that's the best way to do things anymore to to always plan ahead that far i think we have some um you know, all the things we know in our society are based off of previous versions of society and previous societies. Mm. And we're in this very quick, fast-paced, instant feedback type of world, especially if you're building stuff around the internet. Uh, so in that sense, and in this in this new format, it actually makes a lot of sense to not plan ahead too far and to iterate yeah. and to pivot. I think a good example of that. Uh, is a tool we just r- ran into again, which is Marvel. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a, a tool that allows... Actually, yeah, so for the listener that doesn't know, uh, Marvel used to be mostly a tool to make um, prototypes of app designs or yeah. website designs in your browser that you can could then, as a designer, send off to yeah. and you could click around, you like could click your around, your client
0: could click around in the app and actually see, yeah, how what, a, where everything goes, like the, the, the flow of, of how a user goes through your application, and yeah. stuff like that. without yeah.
1: having to code the website. But it would be a, a yeah, an interactive mock up, yeah, really. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, they just made a pivot, right? That I didn't know about, I don't know how long ago they made that pivot, but they are now more um, focused on bringing design, the designing itself to more people that right. might be intimidated by designing things right um and you see a lot of that going around by the way you you have marvel then you have figma mm-hmm. um which is a tool that does something similar but without the mock-up aspect okay. uh, but you you see that they're sort of going for the same uh ground and you also see that in a lot of modern tools you see like the sketch uh, yeah. layout yeah. Um, appear everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah. So Sketch is a uh, design tool as well, yeah. also U- focused on... U- U- UI design. design tool. Yeah, mostly, UI design yeah. tool, yeah. And um, you see a lot of these web tools now take the Sketch concept and turn it yeah. into a, you know, ma- you know make it easier to do those things you could do in Sketch on web. Yeah. And then for Marvel, so, so, you know, Marvel started off with this vision and they've pivoted, I think, accordingly to what they see that their customers want or they're making a pivot because they see there there's a void in the marketplace right. that they can easily pivot to web tool yeah less easy for say the construction of a building to lay the first stones and then go ah turn it into glass yeah
0: absolutely right? no it, it, it's true that that for internet businesses it's a lot easier to get your like your prototype off the ground if you look at like which is a cool story the launch of dropbox hmm oh Drop, yeah. yeah dropbox initially didn't even set up a website they made a video of how it would work and then they had an email input form and they used that to test how uh, they, te- they used that to test if people would be interested in the product right so instead of building the entire thing launching it and then hoping that people would like it they did the very least that they could which is just make a video this is what it would look like um and then s- see if they got enough people interested yeah. which also means that they could launch with you know, people interested in, in, in a certain user base.
1: Did they get, I don't know if you know this, but did they get investors through that?
0: Oh, I don't know. But I would imagine that they mm. did. I think they won TechCrunch Disrupt at some point mm. um, or something something like that. They won some, uh, uh, some challenge thingy um, and they got investments through that. And then if you win that, you get, you know. Right. I remember when
1: Dropbox came out, and thinking, oh, this could be so cool, but it's such a shitty tool right now. Right. And thinking that that was a huge issue. I would, like In my experience, yeah. I was like, oh, someone else, some other big companies come along, rip the idea, make it much better. And it just doesn't work out that
0: way. No. But no. back
1: then, iterative thinking was much less popular. And yeah. It just, you know.
0: Yeah, the whole lean way of doing things yeah. wasn't, wasn't as big back then. And but it's pretty much that. the standard now. Oh, absolutely. A lot. That's yeah. actually
1: why, coming back to the emotional investment part... I think we saw it as a prerequisite to be emotionally invested and have a plan to build yeah. something when we would work on something as to where now
0: yeah now we just want to get like the smallest thing online yeah. that we can and i think for this particular tool so we can share a little bit of information i think sure. about the tool i mean if someone so. wants to take the idea and build it that's absolutely fine too um i mean we're already building it but yeah. uh so the the concept of it is we i've noticed now that i've started the podcast and you've had you you've run a podcast that it's hard to market your podcast because you have you don't have a singular place like one central place where you can link people to mm. maybe your website but who wants to go to your big website uh, you just want to link people to an episode uh, on instagram on twitter i just want to send someone a link and they can listen to it but everyone listens to podcasts on different platforms and even on those platforms they, they use different apps so some people use the itunes podcast app some people use the Google podcast app. They use CastBox, use all these different, Spotify, they use all these different pl- uh, tools and platforms. So what we're building is a tool where you can, as a podcaster, create one page, one landing page for all these different tools, right? Yep. Um, that, is the, that is the concept. Like That is the one function piece of functionality that that tool has. Now, we could see it as a podcast marketing tool and add a bunch of stuff to it. Uh, And maybe back in the day, we would have done, we would have gone, okay, this is cool as like a small feature of a much larger Mm -hmm, concept, mm -hmm, but it's not enough. Um, And now we're just saying, okay, this is what we're building. Nothing else. This is what we're launching.
1: It's pretty much, you know, because we came across this, it's actually even simpler than that. We saw this exact product for songs on Spotify, Mm -hmm. Apple Music, Deezer, title called Song Whip. Yeah. And we also came across another tool called PodLink, yeah, which is the which domain is this, name but for for the entire podcast. Yeah. and we wanted like a, a merger of that. We wanted to be able to market a single episode and link yeah. to that episode. Um, and there's just no way right now, which no. is incredible. Yeah, and also it it's part of that podcast structure that maybe you and I aren't really into. Um, I think we like podcasts. Yeah, for the format. Yeah, but I don't. I think you and I and maybe a lot of people don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that if you want to listen to a podcast, you have to be subscribed to the range of episodes they're making because sometimes like I'm subscribed to the daily, right? Right. For news purposes. Yeah. So I'm like, that is the one case where I'm like, yes, I I want to be subscribed to this, but I can never just run into like a cool audio show, like a cool audio, uh, what do you call it? Just, just like a cool episode of something and just have that be that.
0: Yeah. I think w- we want to use podcasts uh, more like we would use YouTube as well. Yeah. I watch one video. doesn't mean I'm going to subscribe. No. Like one creator made one video that I like and 99 videos that I despise or that I am absolutely mm. uninterested in.
1: Which I would say that's where audio has to yeah well, that doesn't have to go but that's where it would go it doesn't have to sense. go
0: there but I, I think for podcasts it's i also subscribe to podcasts right I, mm-hmm. I listen to the sam harris podcast literally every episode that comes out on the day it comes out i'm listening to it same for very bad wizards i listen to the joe rogan podcast all these things but and then especially for the joe rogan podcast i think it uh is falls into what we do more or how we like to to listen to these episodes more because Joe Rogan himself is interesting, but I watch or listen to his podcast for his guests. Yeah. Right? There is uh, Alex Honnell was on his podcast, a, a free solo climber who um, free solo climbed El Cap. And free solo means no ropes, nothing. And it's like a 3,000-foot wall that yeah. he's climbing, right? If he falls, he's dead. There's no catching him. <laughs> um That I'm really interested in, right? I'll watch that episode. I don't need to watch the episodes where he's interviewing fighters, like MMA fighters. I don't care, oh. so I'm not going to subscribe and listen to every episode. But I will check it once in a while or find his episode. The same way that I'm not going to watch Jimmy Kimmel every night, but I'll watch it watch when he snippets. has an interview yep. with someone that I find interesting. Right?
1: Uh, there was a time when it's funny you should mention it. Jimmy Kimmel had that uh, I don't know sort of like beef with a senator I think about a health care bill. Yeah, and I was I I really liked the exchanges that, or the jabs yeah. that. Kimmel, uh, I don't know. He through. just, he, he framed it in a way where I was like, oh, that's entertaining. Mm. So I watched all those videos and that's it. Yeah. And that's what I liked. And they had, you know, and people come, people rallied together around a subject matter, something they're already interested in. Yeah. Podcasts right now just don't live in that landscape where right. you can go and, and, and engage with audio content that way. Yeah. So we would be building with what we're, we're making. We're building a very, small tool mm-hmm. to very slowly get closer to that yeah and by no means is our tool gonna n- nudge the bit. landscape no. at all but you know hopefully more people will be building more tools yeah and eventually slowly will drift towards that type of new landscape
0: yeah and hopefully it it moves people away from having to market by linking to an entire podcast yeah it's like such it, a it's, TV model, man. Yeah, and historically, it doesn't work. Like, if, if I'm on a podcast this weekend, right, and in four months, you're, I'm going to tweet it, and in four months, you're going to find my Twitter, and you're going to find that I was on a podcast, and I've linked to the podcast, you're going to have to go through, like, oh. 16 episodes before you get to my episode. Yeah. You have to scroll and, and, and find it. That's not very efficient, Whereas linking to an episode, that's the way to do it. And that's how you would always do it. There's yeah. no way you would say, I found a really good YouTube video. Go to this YouTube creator and search for it. Like that's not, you wouldn't do that. Mm-mm. It's unnecessary. Um, so for podcasts, we're trying to sort of make that a possibility, right? Being able to link to just an episode.
1: This entire this conversation is, is uh, actually sparking a new idea.
0: Oh, there we go. Um, do you want me to discuss it? Might as well. Fuck it, man. Can um, always cut it out if it's, <laughs> if, it's if it's too, too good. good. <laughs> um, golden nugget.
1: Yeah. Well, this is something I found during the creation of the magazine. Right. Um. I have a print. I have a print magazine, and you know the YouTubers are tweeting about that, but those. I find that with every round of tweets, you know, you're still informing people about it that have never heard about it before. Yeah. And I also find that, like, so I host, you know, I had I had my podcast and then I would invite the YouTubers over and they would yeah. tweet about that episode and then how the fuck would they ever find it again? Yeah. How would they ever, like, they can Google for for the Harder or Deske de Schepper and find a shitload of guest appearances yeah. of them in different things. Yeah. And whether or not they find them are all SEO-based on yeah. Google or yeah. Bing or Yahoo or whatever.
0: No Google. No Google. Yeah.
1: And um, and they're not going to go down their timeline and go through every single... So I was thinking, hey, you know what would be more useful if there was an index of, right, of all someone's that appearances?
0: appearances yeah. yeah, that could be cool. Right? That's another concept. But I like... So why I, I, I was hoping you would describe it Hmm. Or, or or tell me what the idea was, is that this is how I think a lot of these businesses go. Like you build a small tool because this it, literally we had a we saw a problem and we wanted to solve that problem. Yeah. Really mostly for ourselves. Yep. Like, I think this will help other podcasters too, but I mostly want to just be able to link to episodes and I want my guests to be able to, you know, market my episodes because that gets me listeners and, you know. That's that's a huge part of it. Like, how does someone else share my episode? Yeah, exactly. But... Which we still, by the way. But anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, through making one tool Hmm. and launching that, you're going to find the next tool very quickly. You're going to either find extra functionality that you need Or you're going to have a customer or user say yeah but what if i want to do x right um and i think that's why it's so powerful to just throw something online and just to see if people respond to it i mean also because you don't want to invest into something too deeply before you throw it online or before people start using it but you get so many ideas just from working on this little tool because i i sent an idea to you yesterday as well I think the whole podcast marketing industry has all these problems that small tools can solve, right? Yep. Um, and be you know bef- before we get into a position where we're like yes, let's solve all the problems, you know, we'll solve one of them.
1: Yeah, solve the ones that you experience. Yeah, because those are the ones you know about. You yeah. understand the dynamics.
0: And those are the ones you can properly solve because you're going to be using them as well. Yeah. If we make this tool and while using it. One of us is like, oh, this is not efficient. Like, this UX doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. That's how you find bugs. And yep. that's how you find issues. I, I worked for a company um, called Schauf, the, yep. the I worked for them for a year. Uh, and I was the CTO, right? So I, I essentially built apps and background uh, applications, right? Yep. Uh, backend applications. So that's great. But to think, I, I would never use the application because it's for people who own a car. It's literally you get a personal driver for your own car. So you have to own a car to use it. That made it hard for me to find inefficiencies in the app because I never used it. Yeah. You I was can... never I would never open that app to find me a driver because I don't care. So I've only seen that app as a developer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a developer looks at his product way differently than a user would. And if he's not a user of his own product, this is why I deeply believe that if you're gonna work somewhere, especially as a UX designer, but also as a developer if you're going to work somewhere it better be on a product that you want to use as yeah, well because it's going to give you a piece of insight that you would otherwise never have and that's true for for this tool as well and really for any tool that's that's why i like that it's for podcasts cuz i'm going to be doing this well actually we we made a list uh we good yeah we're good yeah i just talk a lot more
1: <laughs> well Sometimes that's good. The and last I, episode I noticed I was way overrepresented. So. Oh, yeah. And
0: I'm very loud apparently, but no, that's, that's fine. fine.
1: Um, no, what, what I noticed... Oh, yeah. So uh, to the listener, this is how we agreed on what to build. You and I, we had a couple of ideas for mm-hmm. tools that we wanted to make. And we decided, okay, you know what? Let's put them all on a list and see if we find any overlap. And we yeah. found one piece of overlap, and that was yeah. this podcast episode linking tool yeah. and we built it and obviously it makes on the one hand very useful cuz we're both invested absolutely but we're also a most like i really want this to exist yeah um however i'm not making a podcast right now so it's more important right. of course for you to exist um it's it's a double edged sword we we both get it yeah but that obviously also for us it's a double edged sword it's double-edged sword because we're also yeah. both now sort of emotionally tied to it but we also don't want to get too emotionally tied to it because there's you know
0: well I think this is I think this for us it's the, the problem is partially that we have we like to have control over some of the same things mm. we both like to control a little bit of UX we will both like to control a little bit of UI because we want things to work a certain way yeah normally we want things to work a pretty similar way Like, we we tend to agree about how things should work because some things should just work a certain way. We're all used to, you know, we we use most of the same websites. We use the same laptop. You know, we use the same operating system and not even the same browser. But, you know, most of the same stuff. But there's going to be small differences. And that's always been a problem is that when you don't have a very distinct line between who does UX and who doesn't do UX, and everyone has a say, you don't have a hierarchy. Because we don't have a hierarchy. It's not like I hire you to build this no. or, or the other way around. We're just doing this together. You end up, if you're emotionally vested, you end up fighting for things that might be completely irrelevant. Like the small UX things that aren't that important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the two of us are never gonna figure out but if you throw it to a user, he's immediately going to know this is good and this is bad, but this is what we've had, you know, you're emotionally involved, you want things done a certain way and you kind of get into the nitty gritty a little bit.
1: Yeah, It reminds me of, um, cause I think we're pretty good at letting it go now also because I think we both are more aligned with this idea that the process should be fun for us to want to do yeah. it and the outcome is whatever
0: you know? Sure.
1: I mean, it's not whatever to the, to to the degree that like, if you know, it, we, you yeah. want an outcome, but you don't want it so badly that it's going to fuck up your day if it's no, not exactly. there at the end of it. I remember, uh, years ago, and I know you do because we still talk about this sometimes. We talked about building a dating app. Yes. And I think we both had a pretty, uh, we, I, I, I had a vision for, well, we, we, we discussed what the app should do, and we um, had a very similar vision on it. Yeah. We aligned really well back then. It's just that we yeah. didn't align elsewhere in life uh, sure. very well back then. We were in very different phases, and we decided at the time not to do it, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm 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 convinced it wouldn't have worked out how we done it back then no i agree i'm still not sure it will work out now it's 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 a it's, a, it's of course a lot bigger than this podcast episode oh yeah too.
0: it's a it's a it's a much larger project yeah. than this would be i mean that's also why we can do this that's true it's and a why small we, little tool we'll throw yeah. it online and, and see where it goes and, and there's a chance that one of us is going to get more emotionally involved yeah and want to take it somewhere else
1: but that's fine too
0: yeah and that's also a hurdle you across yeah. when you get there yeah, I think that's part of the like the free flowing nature of of projects like these. It's just at some point, if someone wants to do more with it and the other person is not interested, it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like any relationship, really. Wow. Well, it is. <laughs> it is because uh, I'm going to draw a strange parallel here, but I was watching this New York Times video yesterday. No, oh, was it wasn't New York Times. It was a video. No, it was Vox. Oh boy. And it was about monogamy. Oh, all right. And uh because it's vogs it's really about polygamy <laughs> yeah it's but very uh, woke. yeah but the 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 video was called monogamy explained um and they interviewed a couple of couples
0: uh-huh
1: no they interviewed like five couples and you get my point yeah um <laughs> and um those couples they you know they they tried to diversify them and they had a couple of polyamorous uh or pol- i think polyamorous couples mm-hmm which to my understanding means you you are allowed to No, sorry, polygamous. Okay. Yeah. They they could uh, smash other people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. They could fuck around, but um But there's no dating outside of the relationship. I don't think so. There's I don't no know. other relationships outside of the
1: relationship. Well, I w- one of them said, uh this is my main partner and this is like my main relationship and then I have I can have other relationships yeah, something to that effect yeah m- that's polyamorous that's polyamorous something. but I also heard someone say something else I'm not sure anymore right anyway okay. it, it reminded me uh, actually I should say at the same time I've um, gotten in I've I, I, yeah so I'm in a position right now where I'm uh, a contender in an open relationship you could say yes and I was like diametrically opposed to that shit for 25 uh-huh. years um and through my friendship with with this girl uh it sort of became like access. the idea became accessible to me my participation in it became possible um and something about that contrast in because i we shortly dated four years ago and now we've uh grown up a little bit and we've seen things from the other side and we have more perspectives. Something about that made me think about all my relationships in a different way where, um, you know, at at some point in, well, sorry, actually it it made me think about her relationship. They started off monogamous, uh, with this set of rules. And then very slowly they, they got into these deep waters sure um but people's it made me think about how people's desires are subject to change anyway um and i sort of like started seeing some real strength in saying okay uh you know if you want to take it here uh i love you and uh let's give it a shot sure it um, doesn't have to work out that way, obviously. And uh-huh. Maybe maybe you don't want that, but I saw such strength in just the willingness to open up to any option and like any right. outcome right. of those decisions. And I see that I'm trying to apply that a little bit more myself in my relationships with people, and it's really uh-huh. helping me. Also in ours, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's helping me sort of. If you decide for some reason that you're not going to build this tool or whatever, then f- it wasn't, yeah. gonna, wasn't probably wasn't going to happen anyway. Then right. And I was with a friend yesterday who like dragged me through the dirt on like a, an edit. Mm-hmm. A little bit we were going to do some stuff I wanted to do, and then we ended up working on something he wanted to do until sure. like three uh, thirty in the afternoon, and I had a meeting at four, so I was like, okay, right. well, there goes my plans. Um. Like a couple of years ago, that would have really pissed me off. Mm. I would have had like a serious conversation with yeah. him about that, and uh, I think you do need to have those conversations in your life to understand when and when not they are effective. Um, and obviously, like he apologized uh, sure. when I left. He was like, "Sorry, man. I'm fuck, I fucked up." I was like, "That's fine. Don't worry." Um, I think. I think you know, those, those different dynamics make it a lot easier to give yourself a hundred percent for a couple of hours to something Mm -hmm. and then let go and just put it to rest, not go to bed with all these hopes and dreams and ambitions and, um, requirements and expectations of how the things you did today are going to play out over the course of the next days, weeks, months, years, even, uh, so really, like building that tool together, either opens up as a possibility based on how our relationship mm. uh, plays out, and the, the 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 project idea we had f- four years ago, yeah. like I fi- I always find that like an interesting test to see like where we where we stand right now as people, uh, yeah. because I can sort of, uh, and this is where the the <laughs> this is where the polygamy thing comes into play i can sort of tell how we're doing as friends Mm -hmm. based on how thinking about that project makes me feel right so when i think about that project and it makes me like anxious i know like oh i mean that doesn't mean that something's wrong with our friendship but it immediately tells me like okay for some reason i don't have access to yeah like, we probably shouldn't do that. And then when I think about it and it makes me feel like, yeah, whatever. Actually, the less it yeah. makes me feel really, yeah. the more I'm like, oh, cool, there's really, uh, we're really like fluid in, uh, yeah. our relationship is fluid and it's, it's it's fine. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. I think.
0: Um, I mean, I think that's, that's a bit of, of expectation management yeah. uh, in yourself, but also in others. Um, when you start a project with someone you obviously hope that they're going to give it 110 percent, especially when you're emotionally involved and you feel like they are too or should be too when you care a lot about something and you have someone in the project who cares less or who want just wants to take in a different direction when you feel you have ownership of the concept that's um that's rough like that's that's hard to hard to manage yeah i think knowing in yourself i mean this is a thing that i i believe very deeply i think it's just true and i I know a lot of people who think about it the same way: is that you know you shouldn't try to control things that you can't. Um, when all you control is how you, what you think and how you act, yeah. Um, then there's so much that you don't control, and and when you're doing a project like this with someone else, you can't control their input. You can't control how much they care. You can't control how much work they put in. You can only control how you are doing in that project and how you take control of of yourself. I think for a project like this you could get very worried that someone's not going to fulfill their part in the project. They're not Mm going to do what they're supposed to do while you are doing what you're supposed to do. And you can get very upset about that. Or you can accept that there is a chance that that might happen. You know, someone to a certain extent, you hope they're going to do what they're going to do. And if it doesn't happen, eh, there's nothing you can do. You can get very upset about it, but in the end, there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe find someone else to do a project with. If you're that emotionally invested, that you really want to get it done. Um, but that's trial and error with certain people.
1: Obviously, this is true until large structures and large sums of money are involved.
0: Well, at that point, you have contracts. Yeah. Um, and that's what contracts are for. Like, you can trust someone, but a contract is really there to say, okay, but if you don't feel like it, you're still going to fucking do it, Yeah. you know? Um, and that's that's why those big structures exist, because you can't just rely actually that's why contracts exist you can't just rely on someone saying yeah i'll do it or if you're working especially if you're working uh through different cultures like i mean we're from the same culture but if i'm working with someone from an asian culture who have issues or not issues who don't normally say yes or no to something but say i'll try my best Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. i'm not sure if that's possible it's very difficult to get your communication to a point where you can actually set expectations Mm. to someone's word so that's where contracts come in I can just have someone sign that yes, they're going to be doing this. Have you en- thing. encountered this? Uh, I mean, yeah, with our old roommate Kimon. Uh, oh, of course, We sure. we have a we have a difference in communicating in the sense that we have a very direct way of of communicating. Yeah. Say yes or no a lot more. Uh, he, while he's lived here his entire life, so mostly he's he, you know he he communicates the same way. Still has a little bit of I'll try my best or I'll do yeah. my best instead of just saying yes all the time. Um, how was that with the... Because you also worked with the developers from Kiev for a while, right? Yeah, I did. Did um, you feel a... Yeah, there's a difference in culture there too. Uh, but it's mostly they're very used to the hierarchy. Hmm. They just need a boss to tell them, do this, do that. If you don't, you're fired. Like hmm. they, they need that directness. And I'm not that direct. I'm I'm all for doing something together instead of them doing something for me. Hmm. I prefer to be part of, you know, I, I, I like being in the in the bull pit. like I, I like being in the room where the developers are to, you know, build something together and to get their feel on stuff as well. But there was a difference in culture. They needed that hierarchy because if you didn't give them that hierarchy, they were just going to go off and do other stuff, right? They wouldn't listen anymore if you weren't a strict boss. Hmm. So there's a difference in culture there. And I notice this with Americans as well and uh, with the people in Kiev, people in Estonia, people in Europe, you you notice that there's difference in communicating. And that's where the structure and the contract definitely happens. Something as free-flowing as this or another project that I'm working on that's very free works when you know the person, when you pretty much know what you can expect or what you, what you can rely on right. um, with someone, if you can rely on, on their work coming in. So that free-flowing thing is cool. Um, but I feel like you need to know the other person quite well yeah. if you're going to do it because you just, especially with the internet, when you don't know someone there's, it's so easy to get either screwed or to set expectations that are then not met. Like I think, especially in between cultures, there's a lot of uh, unsaid expectations and there's a lot of unsaid rules in a certain culture. So if you're working together with Dutch people, for example, there's a, there are unsaid rules or unwritten rules that say that you're direct to each other. When there's something wrong, you tell each other. This is not necessarily true in other cultures. There's a lot of, there are a lot of other business cultures where speaking up to your boss is just not done. You just don't do it. That's, you know, you'd be insulting them mm. for assuming that they don't already know or for assuming that you know better
1: or assuming their gender, you know, or just, yeah,
0: <laughs> over that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's th- th- those differences in culture can make free-flowing processes very hard yep. um, and make working in a structure much easier. I think working in a, in a set structure is easier in general because there's less thinking that has to be done. Mm-hmm. But everyone needs to want to be part of that structure. Because mm-hmm. if, if you work in that structure, but you don't feel like you belong in that structure, it's just not going to work for you.
1: That's definitely, uh, I think we can both mm-hmm. attest to that. There, I've felt at times where working for any type of structural, uh, well, for any type of company, just made me physically sick. Yeah, because I needed to explore. I needed to be yep. able to.
0: You need the freedom. Yeah, you to...
1: need the freedom. You need to be able to search within yourself as to where now I might be taking on a job again at some point, <laughs> again for the first time in my life. I might be like hired uh, by a company, not on a freelance basis, but whatever. As an employee. As an employee yeah don't even have the vocabulary um, yeah. <laughs> and it's not freaking me out cuz i'm like okay i have i'm um, yeah i have less need for that
0: mhm
1: i might be wrong i might i might find myself struggling again and go like okay this ain't for me i love yeah. i love the freelance stuff i love taking on a video gig the you know the first week and then a design gig the second and right. a an audio design thing the third whatever but you know, so yeah, so I got yeah. bills to pay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a big part of it too. Yeah, um, and I I also think I that's... have
1: con- even if we don't have contracts, we have a bunch of other contracts. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: there's a lot of other people that I have to pay. Yeah. Uh, and th- that's that's true. And I think that the free flowing thing also works when you don't necessarily. You're not dependent on the project working out. I get that if you're dependent on a project working out, you want a certain structure to give yourself a larger chance of it actually going where you need it to go Mm. especially when there's when there's money involved real money involved for this project that we're doing we're not looking to make money from this we just want to get the tool online and then we'll see what happens but we mostly just want this tool we want to be able to use it if it's something that you're going to have to pay rent with at some point yeah, you're going to want to set up a structure to make sure that that happens and that, you're not just going to be doing this for free forever.
1: That's actually one of the things that I, I've i r- ran into so often. Uh, I think we both have is... Man, I watched a lot of videos yesterday. So I, I saw this video yesterday. <laughs>
0: um, was it a Vox video? No, okay, it wasn't.
1: Good. It was a future video, uh, mm-hmm. that future channel. It's a bunch of designers... Um, that started this channel, and they they're just like dishing out info, and I don't really know what the revenue model is, but um, there was this video on making a call. Um, with a with a difficult client, and how do you set a budget when the right. client is being difficult about you know just asking you it's like grilling yeah. you about your stuff, and then asks you for a price, right? And uh, so one of the guys fr- that runs that channel or at least that presents on that channel he was he was doing a little session with I think a group of 20 of people a group of 20 people um, and they were playing a call so one of the people in the group right uh, you know plays the, so it's uh, the improv theater it's yeah it's improv and sure. and uh, he plays the difficult client and at the end someone asks like how do you someone from the audience asks to the guy that's you know presenting uh, this this course or whatever how did you stay so calm during this call and his answer is i just i don't care i don't care what the outcome is and that yeah i mean we we know this to be true but it's very difficult to approach something in the way that you would if you didn't care when mm. you really care a lot yeah and the irony of it is that once you start caring too much
0: yeah it becomes so much harder to, because you're to inflexible yeah mm. no it's true yeah you're un. you have this tunnel vision mm. and you're just unwilling to change your mind or to look at things differently because you're so focused on, on just reaching that, that and, one yeah. goal no that's very true i think that's true for a lot of things but in, in, in business it's 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 no different
1: it also has i think a lot to do with how you think of money mm-hmm. i think a lot of uh people that create things think that the amount of money they'll make is directly correlated with the quote-unquote quality of their work Oh yeah. as to where a bunch of the money that's being made is related to how much easier the person paying you's life gets when working with you
0: yeah there's so much involved yeah as a freelancer that's absolutely true and when you're making a product it's just like your product can be perfect Mm. but if it oh But if it doesn't solve a problem, I think I just dropped the mic for a little second. Um, The product can be perfect, but if it doesn't solve a problem that people have, then great job building a useless product, dude. Or if, if it solves a problem and it's a great product, but no one's seeing it, you can't get it in front of people, that's great. There's a great product out there that no one will ever use.
1: Or when you're building something for a client and you have all the skills to make it work, but they just think you're a bit of a cunt. Yeah, because <laughs> you're, you know, if you're just difficult with people, yeah. it's just it might just not be worth the. No, this is true.
0: Know? This yeah. is why you have. This is why most developers know a salesperson to do their sales for them. Yeah, because <laughs> developers can be hard to talk to. Yeah, um, especially when it comes to technical stuff. I mean, so and d- salespeople can just. You, you know,
1: can yeah, you can you can drag the price down so low, but none like you'd have to pay someone. Yeah to work with someone that's going to be a headache.
0: Yeah, it's quality of life that you need to yeah. That's you, what you're you, selling. Yeah, it's true. Always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it, to, to a certain extent there is a trade-off there. Of if you're really good and you're a little bit hard to work with, that tends to be okay, hmm. but you like you have to be so much better than everyone else that you're worth the headache. Yeah. And very few people are worth the headache because there's almost always going to be someone who's as good or almost as good. Especially now,
1: especially with with online freelance work. Jesus Christ.
0: Though, as a developer, I find that I don't have to treat my clients as people, even, and I still get clients. (laughs) I do, but I don't have to. Like, I don't, I have a client now that I've never spoken to. Yeah. A friend knows him somewhat, and I got the contract through. One like one text message that I didn't even send.
1: Hey, he's a, your friend is a good sales rep.
0: He's a good sales rep, but yeah. the in the web development world, developers make the decisions. Clients are out there, they want uh, to find developers to work for them, but it's hard because there are very few of us, like especially very few good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people who want developers. So it's easier as a developer to be a bit of a dick right now. Mm-hmm. And you'll still get hired because the need for you is so high. It's, it's true. It's just, yeah. But in a market where that's not true, which is almost any other freelance market, and also, you need to be outstanding in some way.
1: And your market is going to get there at some point. Because oh, programming is yeah. becoming
0: easier. Yeah. Um. Yeah. More people are, well, I mean. It's easier to learn. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, information yeah, yeah. is out there. Yeah. I, have that,
1: I have that too with uh, design. Yeah. I just there's almost nothing i can't and i have it too with music production i'm trying to learn ableton yeah doing that five years ago was a a hassle right now Mm. i i think i've watched uh about 20 tutorials over the last two weeks and i'm like
0: oh yeah okay cool yeah
1: and i now understand how ableton
0: works yeah and i i think to a certain degree that's like that's true and for developers as well obviously there is this, like, I think literally anyone can learn to be a developer. Mm. Anyone can learn JavaScript Mm. and and pick it up. Doesn't mean that anyone can be a good developer. That takes a lot of practice and a lot of reading and a lot of thought, creative thought as well. Um, But that's also not what most people are looking for. Most people are just looking for a developer to make something for them. They don't need a genius, right? They don't need a CTO, they just need a developer. So yeah, the market will at some point fill up with developers, and then it's back to the freelance market that it was five or ten years ago, where as a developer you have to sell your own services because you want to make money. And maybe you can. And there is eight other people who also want to make money.
1: You'll be able to be a bit less of a dick.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to yeah somehow stand out, and that's either by being really easy to work with, or by being extremely good and a little bit harder to work with, or by being cheap. Which the last part, if you're going to try to compete with China, it's just not a thing. But that's for freelancing. Hmm. Uh, and then we have to, to go back to, well, going back <laughs> to starting projects. Yeah. Um, I, we have about 20 more minutes that I want to record. Okay. So let's talk about the ideas that we've had. Okay. The concepts that we, that that would never become.
1: The, the things we buried. Yes. The things we built also and then abandoned.
0: Sure. Oh, let's Christ. just, let's do it all. I want to start with one, though. Okay. And that's one that started um, Project Gigabyte.
1: Oh, my God.
0: That was a long time ago. This was yes. before we started our web agency. Yeah. And this is kind of how we started our web agency. It is Yeah. We lived together with uh, Kimon, yeah. our, uh, our our third companion. Yeah. Uh, and we, at some point, decided we, there was a little money, I think, uh, that we could invest and we wanted to build something, Hmm. some tool or some website or some product. Sounds like us. Sounds like us. So we talked about it for about an hour with a recording running, with a recorder running.
1: Yes, we did. Very Uh,
0: experimental. Very experimental. It was very free-flowing thoughts. (laughs) A lot of stupid things came out, um, which is good. And then we ended on a concept of an app. That would allow a group of people who live together, shockingly, hmm. to gamify their chores. You would do this through getting points for doing chores mm-hmm. and then being able to spend those points on, for example, getting the house to yourself for a day. Yeah. You know, for you and the misses. or Yeah, 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 whatever. yeah. yeah. That really says something about how
1: we saw our living situation back then.
0: I think it was pretty <laughs> indicative of how our living situation was. It's not even how we saw it. No, It's yeah. just no one cleaned anything ever. Yeah. It was a mess, which made sense. We were three dudes living together, at like 20-something-year-olds, 20, 20 or 21-year-olds. 20, old. I think. Uh, you know, so there wasn't a lot of cleaning. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of chores. There wasn't a lot of doing groceries. Um. I still like that concept <laughs> yeah I do I, I think it's it's still as strong as it was on that day we didn't really pull through on it um, we I'd never built an app I was the only developer
1: well this is this is interesting because right now I'm hearing it again yeah. and I'm like I hate that really yeah so this is look, I like
0: that's... it for people who live together still okay I would prefer that people just did their chores but that's th- that just doesn't happen.
1: Well, I would disagree because I see a lot of people living together happily.
0: Oh, like, no, I'm sure that there are people who, who do it. But for the people that I know who have roommates, hmm. it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, but doesn't it? Because to me, I, I hear this idea now and I'm like, maybe the problem isn't the lack of an app. Maybe it's your communications. Oh, no,
0: absolutely. Okay. But that's a hard problem to solve. Well, it's a patch, it's not a solution. Right, it's like a Band-Aid over the problem. Yeah, right. It stops the bleeding.
1: Does it? Because the 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 pro- it doesn't change the it doesn't f- because it doesn't fix the problem. It it well actually no you're right it stops the it's, access to blood flowing out.
0: Yeah, I think it it the, it the result of the problem goes away, like you solve that, but the problem itself stays because it's still about communication. It's still about not feeling like you need to do your chores for other people. yeah. So that problem still exists. Yeah. You're doing it for the wrong reason at that point. Yeah. But you are creating a way for people who just don't do their chores otherwise. You're creating a way for them to sort of be motivated. You're creating another motivation for them to do it.
1: Maybe, I don't know. Maybe An
0: alternative I, motivation. Really. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Maybe I just like it because I would never myself... like. I wouldn't want to use this app. So to me, it's lost.
0: Me either anymore, right? right. I'm at a point now where I don't clean my house, but I live alone. <laughs> <laughs> you really fixed that right up. Yeah, no. I yeah. gamified the the gamified the cleaning in my house by hiring a cleaning lady, mm. and she has an app.
1: The game is you make money you pay her. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and on her app, she can see when she cleans my house. Sweet. Is and it then she gets a calendar. It. Yeah. It's a calendar. Um, but as a I like the idea of using gamification to motivate people to do something that they wouldn't otherwise be willing to do. And I don't mean, like, force them to have sex with you (laughs) or something like weird like that. But something that they should be doing, they don't feel like doing, and then giving them a different motivation to do it anyway. To to do something that's good. It's like, I would like to gamify, for example, the carbon output. Hmm. How do you get people to... Drive less, for example, right? How do you get people to separate their plastics from their from their other stuff, like to recycle? How do you do that? I mean, just caring about the environment isn't enough for some people. They don't care enough because they don't see the result. Gamifying that somehow, or giving them something for doing it properly, that might work. I once had this idea that a government should, or or a, a cigarette company. Huge issue in cities is cigarette butts on the ground. Hmm. People smoke and then they throw away the cigarette butt. That doesn't just disappear, right? They need to be cleaned up. So I had this idea that would allow smokers who bring in a cigarette uh, pack full of cigarette butts to then get a free pack of cigarettes, Hmm. motivating uh, them to clean up.
1: Yeah, it's like... um... Uh, what do you call it when you bring back the bottles? Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, those plastic bottles. Yeah, the yeah. tax, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's it's essentially exactly that. Yeah. I mean, the cigarette butts can be reused, but at least they can be cleaned up properly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you you yeah. If you don't force people to keep their own cigarette butts, you you yeah. it makes other people collect them off the streets. You motivate
0: people yeah. to to clean them off the streets. Maybe. Possibly, Maybe. right? Possibly, it's, it's, we don't know. But that's the that's the idea. that's the idea. So I like the idea of gamifying to motivate people to do the right thing. I, I would prefer that. that they just do the right thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I see how it, it it's a little more accessible to me if you apply it to the, uh, the buds, the mm-hmm. cigarette buds. Buds, is that the right word? Yeah, cigarette.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a butt. Butt. Cigarette oh. butt.
1: Well, anyway, to that. Because that's a societal problem at large. I feel like the living together situation mm-hmm. is a...
0: Oh, that's a very small local yeah, problem. That's oh, a, absolutely. That's,
1: and it's also, it says, yeah, it's much more about the relationships yeah. between people. But then again, we live together, uh, you know, as friends. There's also people that just rent a room somewhere.
0: That are just forced to live together. That are
1: just forced to live together anyway. Yeah. So maybe. All right. You want to do the next one? Yes. Let's see. There have been so many. Um... One we did together?
0: Sure. I mean, preferably, yeah, because otherwise. Or an idea that we had.
1: Well, you know, since we already talked about it, how about we talk about the the dating?
0: About common ground. Yeah. Sure.
1: Especially because it's so... um, It really... Like, the concept really... It was so so non-contemporary. It was Mm -hmm. like, it it tries to solve a problem that is so human. Yeah. Um, I think we initially thought it might be cool to just fix dating, like fix online dating because it was very broken. It's, or we felt it was very broken. Maybe it still is, but I do see like dating websites that have their own apps and some dating apps gravitate towards this type of concept. So we were definitely onto something. Mm -hmm. The idea was, um, I'll take the very basic idea to create a dating app that matches people based on, uh, where they are in life at that moment or how they see things based on Um, how they respond. This is what we mustered up. How they respond to a set of questions. Yeah. And how you pair people and what type of questions to ask and how to ask them. We we never even got to the point where we like dove into psychology books or no. asked someone with knowledge. Neither Even no. would we have at that age?
0: No, probably we nah, just too would cocky. Have. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely.
1: We know how people work. Um, but that was the idea, and
0: yeah. um. Yeah, and I think attached to that was the ability to talk to people who agreed with you on one certain subject and throwing them that subject as in talk about that or disagreed with you. Or on disagree, yeah. yeah.
1: We wanted to pretty much It's link. a
0: conversation creator automatically as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was it was starting off at a conversation. And I think we also said no pictures until a certain point.
0: Yeah, until a certain amount of chats, I think. Yeah, yeah. so
1: you would unlock... um
0: yeah it's Each really I, I think what we try to do which I I think for people our age at that point is pretty cool um, I mean <laughs> not to give you know to give <laughs> our, ourselves too much praise but I think what we try to do is we try to make online dating personality based yeah. instead of Tinder, which is the exact opposite right yeah, yeah, yeah. which is just I like your face let's bang yeah um, we tried mean, for some people sure but for most people, I think it's based on, hey, I like your face. Perhaps, maybe. You well, know, oh, it's definitely that, based on, definitely hey, the like your... Yeah, that's definitely yeah, 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 the yeah, folks yeah. yeah.
1: The face is a big part.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, but what we try to do is make it more based on personality. Hey, we agree on this. Or, hey, we disagree on this. That's interesting. Let's talk about that.
1: You know what's still weird about Tinder?
0: Mm, everything.
1: Right? But I would have expected... I, I, I remember talking about this when we were doing that app or when we were thinking about that app yeah. i would have expected that by now you'd be able to at least add one video of yourself because it says you can
0: ah m- oh, fuck <laughs> you y- can you can yeah yeah you can now so add makes, videos but it's without uh so it's a gif essentially
1: no but i'm okay i'm talking video because you video, get video. much more from that than a picture yeah you would
0: GIF. but it's kind of funny because you would be going back to video dating which yeah. was a thing i know like in the 90s i want to say or the 2000s that was totally a thing yeah
1: but the structures were a lot more
0: but now you can do it online right so you could watch these videos and swipe through them um as well and i think that i think i I think that's kind of cool like to to do a video dating app now but like the way tinder does it where you're just swiping and a video starts playing you swipe through i think that's kind of interesting i think that's kind of cool but I still believe that. Uh, so, okay, right? Does does something similar to what we came up with? They have questionnaires you fill in how much you agree with a certain statement and how important it is to you that someone uh, similar has a similar view on, on on those things. And then you get you have this match percentage based on the questions that you answered. So it's not entirely the same, but it's essentially they want to create a pr- personality profile and match that with other people's personalities. Doesn't really work. It um, doesn't really work because you... I, I don't necessarily feel that how much we agree on things, how much I agree on things with another person makes, uh, decides how well we're going to get along. I think how well we can speak about those things is much more interesting, right? I can have a great conversation with someone about something that I disagree on, and then I'll like that person a lot more than having a shitty conversation with someone on something that I completely agree on. It's more why you think certain things than what you think. Yeah. So, as far as common ground goes, I like the idea of of an app that forces you to chat and that forces you to talk about something that's actually important. So it's yeah. not just "Hey, how you doing?" Like, you know, how you doing?" No, but it's you know, it's not just fl- stupid pickup lines and, and all that shit. It's it's based on on stuff that might actually be important. Yeah. But I'm not sure if the experience of of getting to know someone can be dumbed down to that degree like a, no. a strength of tinder part of the strength of tinder is that you don't have a lot to go off of, well, and if you're really interested you kind of have to move to the dating part of it the actually meeting part of it quite quickly
1: I mean how much can you really I, I think that that's a, a part of dating apps in general yeah you know how much can you really learn about a person your connection to that person yeah. uh, from from an app I remember I've told you this I'm not sure if it was Uh, just in person or in the last episode. But at some point, um, there was an event downstairs here. Yeah. And maybe I haven't told you this. And there was a girl standing behind uh, a a counter uh, Mm -hmm. that works for the organization. So we're in an office in the ground floor. It has like uh, expositions and stuff and like art. Yeah. And there was an event. It was a museum night in which people get access to multiple museums for like a single ticket price in this city. Uh, I rent uh, my own uh, office space uh, on the first floor, so um, I was expecting a guest, and I went downstairs to yeah. come pick that guest up. And I'd already seen the girl behind the counter a couple of times. She was serving wine to people, and I sort—I sort of felt I, you know, I, I was like, Is "She cute? Is She not cute? There's something there." Yeah. And I don't—I don't know. And then th- when I walked down. So I'd seen her when I came into the building, and when I walked down to pick my friend up, um, I saw her again. I was like, uh, maybe not. I don't know. It's yeah. It's like, why would I even bother thinking about this? I'm not gonna go talk to her." Right. Turns out she knows that friend. Yeah. So they started talking, and uh, and we talked a little bit after that, and then this girl and I had dinner the right. other day. You know, I was like, "Oh, we should like go grab coffee or whatever." purely platonic she's Mm -hmm. like with this dude and i'm in my open relationship type of thing oh yeah but from that point on i was like oh i would like you i do find you cute (laughs) i would yeah (laughs) no but (laughs) like i would i would take you out i would date you yeah yeah, yeah. um but that took i mean so so many like the context of how i looked at her had to change a couple of times for it to fit yeah within my perspective of of yeah I don't know, life, it just, it just, it needed, like, it needed to
0: slowly. Yeah, you need to see someone in a certain context. Yeah, right, to,
1: and I had to, uh, to I think work. what what helped is seeing her communicate with other people. Oh, yeah. And then communicating with her and then going to a place with her and, like, all of yeah. that. Yeah, Which is so much of whether or not you're attracted to someone, Test, I think. T-
0: testing someone in a yeah. certain, yeah. You get none of that in context. a dating app. None of it. None of it. But I think that's part of, like, i think it's how you use the dating app so for tinder for example you can use it to just find someone to to have sex with or if you're looking if you're using it to date people it just requires that you meet very quickly you have a couple you chat for a little bit and then you have to meet in real life to figure out if that's if there's actually something there or if you're just physically attracted to someone a
1: dating app and you get 50 messages back and forth. It exists. Ah, fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah, it exists. You get a limited amount of messages and then uh, you have to meet up or you're, you're asked to meet up or something. And the app also tracks that. So you're only allowed to, like, send certain messages and then if you open the app in the same area, you get X amount of messages again. Oh. Although at that point, you should just be training phone numbers. But it exists. Something like that exists. And I think that's cool, right? Forcing people to meet up quicker. Yeah. I like that idea, but I'm not sure on dating apps yet i'm I'm sure that there's a way to to properly profile personality, but I'm not sure if there is a way to profile that I enjoy talking to people that I disagree with, mm. and that sometimes conflict is more interesting than getting you know getting along and just having good discussions on things that you disagree on and having your mind changed is way more interesting than agreeing on something, yeah. So I'm not. Sh- I have that with podcasts too. By the way, I was listening to the Very Bad Wizards, and I completely agree with them. No, I, I was listening to the Very Bad Wizards um podcast, and they were t- they had their 150th episode or 50th episode, something like that. Um, and they were talking about how much more interesting podcasts are when people don't fully agree with each other. Yeah, because you get more interesting discussions, and how certain podcasts like Pod Saves America. I'm not sure if you know this podcast. It are in- uninteresting because it's just a couple dudes talking about shit that they agree on.
1: Yeah. Although I hear it's popular. Pod Save America.
0: It's incredibly popular. I find it completely uninteresting right. because I don't want a circle jerk. Right, in a podcast. Right, right. Yeah. You can all agree with each other for two hours and that's lovely, but I'm not going to get anything out of it. No. I'm not going to find a different view on things where I'm much more interesting, interested. For example, Sam Harris episode, uh, recent episode i think his most recent episode where he talks to uh, a big uh, proponent of the um, me too movement while he's been very critical of it mm. that is incredibly interesting because yeah. you get these two opposing views and you get to learn about their ways of looking at it and you get to form your own opinion a lot better than just getting one view on everything constantly yeah, yeah. so i think that that. In relationships with people, I kind of have that too, but how the hell are you ever going to get that into a dating app? Yeah. You know, am I going to have to just talk to people who I don't match with at all and be like, fuck, you disagree on everything. That's so hot. Let's go. Like that. (laughs) I don't, you know, like how do you get that into a dating app? Yeah, it's difficult. But that was common ground. That
1: was common ground. You want to do one more?
0: I want to do one last one. We
1: can do one we thought of, or maybe interesting. I can read you an idea, a new idea I've written down on my phone, and we can very quickly because I think that might be interesting to listen to. Spar See, on it. Yeah. Spar on it. Sure. All right, hand Wait, me my let phone, me it's grab behind my... you. Yeah. So I had, there, there's a couple of ideas I have Okay. for apps. So mm-hmm. I'll just very quickly run by a couple and well, actually, no, I'll pick one. Okay. I had this idea for, I've had it for a while for, um, it's an app, but it's very much attached to hardware. So right. behind you on the wall is a painting. Yes. And that painting um, is in paint.
0: <laughs> the, yeah,
1: um, sure and, seems that way. Right, and it's got a frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I walk in here and I, well actually it's not really true. I don't really notice the painting anymore, but a couple of weeks ago we were shooting a music video in this area, a couple of months by now. right. And we wanted to hang something else there. Sure. Just for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize how, you know, the, the, it, it, it's such a mood piece to have something in a room. Yeah. I can change the um, desktop to my Mac mm-hmm. and to my phone, which I do quite often, actually. Yeah. There's apps for that. That'll just, you know, like swap out a new wallpaper yep. every 24 hours, 48 hours, three sure. days, two weeks. um, Automatically and pull it from a server or yeah. whatever. That's not a thing for the things you hang on the wall. Mm-hmm. But boy, should it be.
0: It exists. There's a service for that. Uh, is there? Yeah, there is. There are companies um, that allow you to rent art. No, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. oh you but, want to? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we're doing screens on walls right that well uh, well not I mean not uh, LCD screens we, right I'd say either I mean OLED is very expensive yeah Um, something something that looks somewhat flat right you want something that that's yeah able to represent art yeah And you just don't want it to look like there's screens everywhere mm. but what I was thinking was
0: you want it to look realistic
1: Uh, yeah yeah and it doesn't have to look uber realistic. I mean, it it will eventually, as time goes on, you iterate on yeah. the product. Um, product, the the thing I was thinking was okay. Th- this allows for two things. One, um, you can swap out the art digitally, sure. yeah, which means that uh, all of a sudden you're creating a funnel mm-hmm. for artists to reach people directly into their homes. Okay, which I think is kind of cool. Sure. Also, a nobody can all of a sudden beam into,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know, a, a, a thousand to a million people's homes. Sure. Because they're trending. I don't know. you know, Whatever. whatever. Yeah. It, it creates a new dynamic to art mm-hmm. culture. So that's one. Two, um, you know, frames are cool and all that.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But... If only they I could just magnetically clasp on a frame onto something right and swap it out. Right. That's that's really a hardware part where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. If I change this uh, piece of art, I'd also like to be able to change the
0: frame. Yeah, the way I do with like vinyl on my wall. Exactly. <laughs> so I can exactly. clip it open, put a different one in and yeah. then close it again. Yeah.
1: It also allows for depending on what kind of, kinds of screens you use, but it allows for using a piece of artwork to display video if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, or an artwork that very slowly over time changes, or like with um, Mac OS yeah. uh, Mojave, the time um, yeah, yeah. of the artwork changes. So it could yeah, be yeah. like a painting of well, let's take Mojave, the desert, sure, and, and then the it darker, gets darker it gets outside. Lighter, yeah, right. I felt that that would be a very.
0: That'd be cool, right? There are some. Caveats. Okay. Well, first, you have a limitation of screen quality. You could do this with an AMOLED screen, and it would probably look pretty realistic. Mm. Um, It there there should be any glare on it, right? It should be matte entirely, because there is no glare on paintings, because it's paint. Mm. Um, So that's a limitation that you have. You get a stupidly expensive screen, and it's still never going to look the way that you know light the way light bounces off of a painting. It'll never bounce off of a screen that way, no. right? So, you know, there's a, there's a texture thing there. Um, a second thing is that, especially for uh, people who hang art in their own house, it's often also about owning the piece, mm-hmm. about owning the art. Um, if I'm going to hang uh, a famous painting or if I'm going to hang an expensive painting, I better like that better be the real thing right so it's important to me that I have the real painting hanging Yeah, I mean
1: this would this would very much because I've heard this argument before yeah I've heard it with DVDs I've heard it with CDs I've heard it with music I've heard it with the iPod Eh. it doesn't necessarily have to compete with each other in the same way that there's a resurgence of vinyl yeah I I, have I have vinyl
0: mostly to own the vinyl I don't I rarely listen to it I just hang it on my wall I have it when I want to listen to it yeah um, the alternative, however, to, to owning the paintings currently is posters, right? Yep. I have uh, a very big um, Jack Fettriano poster in my house with a frame around it uh, because, uh, you know, it, the original work I could never afford. Hmm. I mean, it's also a photograph, so, you know. Yeah, posters, just a poster, a d- but... D-
1: digital reproductions. Uh, but uh, digital reproductions
0: friends. of paintings yeah. um, or of any art... Um, is already an alternative to the expensive version of it and you can switch them out a little easier, right? Yeah. It's easier to be like, eh, I'm kind of done with this poster and I'm going to roll it up and put it away and then later I can put it back. Yeah. So there's like, that problem has been sort of solved without technology to a certain extent because you're also never going to get to the quality of an actual painting. It's still going to be a poster. You're still going to see that it's not the actual painting. Yeah. The frame part. Frames and paintings tend to go together. If you yeah. have a certain painting, the artist tends to decide which frame is going to go around it.
1: I don't know that to be true always. Cause... No, 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 not
0: always. But yeah. often, like, you're not going to put a red frame around, like, an old classic painting. You're just not going to fucking do it. It needs to match what's in the painting, right? So it needs to be part of, like, it becomes part of the art. Yeah. So not every frame and every painting goes together. You can obviously go for a very understated frame that is just as minimalistic as possible. So you don't really see the frame necessarily. And then most paintings will fit inside of it. It's like wearing gray pants; everything looks good on gray pants. Well, also right? m-
1: remember, it doesn't have to be paintings; it can also be pictures; it can also be because. Sure, that's what the
0: digital like picture frame yeah. idea of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get what you're saying. You're, you're you're making sense, and those are all sensible things. And there's also yeah. something I thought of, which is. Well, that sure racks up your energy bill. If you're gonna be hanging
0: yeah so it's not actually that screens around your house so it's not actually that bad depending on how you how the display works so for example if you look at e-paper right the the thing that e-books are made with yeah that is extremely low energy because it's projected once yeah and there's no power required to keep it projected oh yeah so it's not constant so so a laptop screen is constant projection right it constantly updates the pixels yeah Um, And there's light behind it constantly. So for e-paper, there's no light behind it. You don't have a backlight normally. And a lot of uh, e-readers now do have that, but it's not part of the technology. It's just light behind it so you can actually read it. For e-paper itself, there is no light behind it. It's projected once and that's it. It's like actual paper. Hmm. Um, That means that it uses almost no electricity. So if you could do that in high quality, really high quality with color, then maybe that would be possible, right? Being able to project it once and then leaving it off, then you wouldn't have a very high electricity bill. Now, what you're essentially referring to building is something that we could very easily build. Um,
1: The tech part, at least.
0: The tech part. All you really need is either a screen that's you know chromecasts connected to something and then it automatically does this anyway yeah. uh, or a raspberry pi behind the screen so it doesn't have to have wi-fi and then you can just load it up with images and it'll you know yeah it will go through them so it's possible i wonder if if the quality of the image i mean it, it also depends on your on your target audience hmm. someone who's going to buy a painting is never going to use this because they want the $400,000 painting. They're not buying a $400,000 painting because they think it's only pretty. No. It's because they want that painting.
1: Look, maybe the same person would buy it, but not for the same reason. Not for the same reason. No. People that are buying art because they want to own expensive art.
0: Yeah. Buy it because they want that expensive art.
1: But some people want stuff on there. Also, it's, it's, uh, it's something where I'm like, okay, um, I'm, I'm, sort of done with the way things are uh furnished here right. i have i have a lot of like old pieces like like classical furniture yeah. and wood and i appreciate the hell out of it but it's not necessarily um doesn't really add to a minimal lifestyle no buying art finding art like yeah. put, like that doesn't not very minimal either no but just putting the screens there and then swapping them out oh like yeah it's very b- instant.
0: multifunctional it's, it's efficient
1: yeah so that i think that to that i think really the audience um or the target audience here isn't necessarily people that go looking for art now right it's people that understand why that would be dope but mm-hmm. they're not going to invest the time to right. do so
0: Right, but then, yeah, so then you get to a point where you you would need to look at how certain technologies have evolved, so how far yeah. e-paper is really, um, because otherwise it's just going to get very expensive. I yeah. mean, you can hang an LCD. LCD screens are cheap.
1: I mean, this is like your perfect Kickstarter project, and you know what? Maybe yeah. it's even on there or in Probably Go-Go.
0: Someone's probably working on something like this. Yeah. Um, I still like the idea, the, the the non-technical solution to wanting to have different pieces of art, which is just renting art. Yeah. And then saying, okay, I'm kind of done with this now. I want something else. And then selecting something else on the website and they come bring it and you give them back the old thing. That's my, pretty cool. Yeah. My parents did that. Uh, and just at some point they're like, oh no, I really like this piece of art. I'm just going to buy this piece of art. And they just bought it. So oh, they you just it. it. Yeah, oh, you can just keep cool. it. Yeah. You um, can just keep it. But I, I like that service too, right? Because you actually get the, the actual piece of art. Yeah. Um, actually,
1: it solves a different problem, actually. It's,
0: yeah. It's, but it's cool, man. It's, but I like that as a service, so I think that's pretty cool.
1: It's like uh, having a trial on
0: your art. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I kind of get that because art can be pretty expensive, and you mm-hmm. might like it in a gallery, St- and then you hang it in your house like, oh, no, that doesn't work. So when
1: you buy it off, mm-hmm. do you get discounted what you paid for renting it?
0: I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I, there's probably just a price for keeping it um and and then i assume your rental contract ends i don't know okay. um but i do know that most of the time you can you know, rent it and at some point you're like, okay, i kind of i just want this i want to keep this i like this uh and then you can so cool. you just buy it off them it's
1: cool yeah. it's cool i
0: like it all right i think that's the end yeah i think so too the end my friend oh. um so everyone who made it this far thank you for listening Thank Alex, you. thank you for being here again. Oh,
1: thank you for having me in my own place.
0: That's, yeah, thank you for using your gear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. um, we hope you liked it. I hope you liked it. I can't speak for Alex uh I Alex hope, hope I you hope. hated it.
1: yeah, I hope you suffered through this yes
0: um and uh next in two weeks, we'll be back with uh I'll be back with a different guest finally
1: <laughs> and hopefully at some point. You'll share that episode with people yeah, via pod, share, pod, page,
0: whatever. Whatever it's going to be called, we'll be uh, using it to uh, link to these episodes. Awesome. All right. Have a good two weeks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.